Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Now That's What I Call a Podcast, celebrating in this edition, Now 101, and Now That's What I Call Christmas, and Hannah Verdier and Lee Thompson are our special guest journos. Hannah, uh, Now 101, it's amazing the amount of successful females there are now in pop music. And I say this because back in the day, at the Brit Awards, they used to struggle to find people to nominate for Best British Female or Best International Female. It's, it's completely yes, all changed. It's, it's changed. I don't think Annie Lennox would get a look in this year <laughs> for Best British Female. Yeah, I really like the way Now 101 begins with this big posse of strong female singers. You've got Little Mix, you've got Ariana Grande and Dua Lipa. And I feel like they really are in control of their own careers as well. I think it's the the perfect post-Me Too compilation as well, because these women are own Nick Cardi B and Marie. They're all there and they're all strong and they're all making some of the best music around. I don't think male-orientated guitar bands have had such a look in this year because you've got all this stream of great pop songs from women. So what is it that's changed from the days when we used to accuse the music business of dressing women very scantily to sexploit their charms to get them a hit. What's changed? Is it is it the, the women taking control? Do you think they're all in control? I do, actually. I, I'm raising young females and I don't mind if uh, Anne-Marie doesn't wear very many clothes or Julepa's in her bikini because I feel like it's her decision. She's not being told to wear that. And I think they genuinely are in control. I think I think Kylie's gold hot pants probably started it off. If I can go back to the vintage era, you know, what I think really started it, Hannah. I think, and it's very interesting. You you hear an interview with Grace from uh, Clean Bandit. She's mm. obsessed with the Spice Girls when she was a kid. Yes. And I actually think that a lot of these people that are you know you're talking about that are big pop stars now in their early to mid twenties, late twenties. Yes. Um, Spice Girls had a genuinely profound effect on them, you know? Exactly. Adele was talking about it this mm. week, about her excitement about the Spice Girls reunion. But when you saw them, you felt you actually felt massive cliche. You felt the girl power and you felt empowered by them. And I think that generation is coming through now. And they know that if they want to wear a tiny dress, they can. But no one's going to make them. It's their own decision and they're dressing for themselves. Fair enough. Uh, so, Lee, you think 101 is going to be the second biggest compilation album of the year? I think it could be the biggest. Bigger than Now 100? I think I would think so, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, uh, because it's Christmas, isn't it? And yeah. kind of it's the gifting period. And, yeah, people will just go, right, I'm having a party. 
I need some music. <laughs> and yeah. uh, people, as I say, still want that kind of physical contact. They still want, you know, there are collectors, the collectors like myself that kind of like to have every single copy of it. Um, so, yes, I mean, it will, I, I think, will outsell 100, even though that was a huge seller during the summer. I think it could be this year's Christmas gift for the house. Last year we got an Alexa. This year we'll get an now. <laughs> I like what you're saying. OK, talking of Christmas, we'll hear from some of the stars that star on Now Christmas, which just seems to come back every year. But our special guest on this pod is Greg James, recently started to much acclaim on the Radio 1 Breakfast Show. Let's hear his Now story. So, Greg, you were born just as Now 6 was being released <laughs> and the first Now Christmas album came out that year too, back in 1985. So your first Now that you actually remember would be, what, mid-90s? Yeah, it was mid-90s and I'm, I'm having a look at the book and the one that, uh, from about 30, 34, Now 34... And that 35 onwards, and I remember 39 was one of my absolute favourite ones because it had um, it had Brimful of Asher on it, Corner Shop. And that was, I remember thinking, oh, I quite sort of, I like pop music. I think I like this. I sort of got it a bit more. So what was that, 98? So that was sort of, that was the, that was my second year at, at secondary school. So that was, um, that was definitely on a lot in the car on the way to school. So if you, um, if you, if that's your sort of uh, moment of uh, realising that the now thing was out there, uh, you, you were secondary school, you had no idea you might do anything to do with music or radio? Yeah, well, ra- definitely radio. I, I mean, I was completely hooked on, because the only, the only way you'd hear these songs obviously was through the radio, really. So yeah. um, I was never a big fan of, of watching um, music videos on TV. I yeah. never really, weirdly never got it. I was, well, this is kind of boring, isn't it? I quite liked radio as well so um yeah definitely these were I, I used to collect these because it was it was it was the biggest hits that i would ha- hear on the radio and i would then use these cds to dj at home and then i would sort of get into radio and use these as my playlist essentially fantastic so i'd have all the hits so i'd be like well here's all the hits that i can i can essentially do a, a countdown good place to start <laughs> so you, do you still personally own any now albums or have they gone I've got them all really i've got all the ones that i i've ever i've ever owned and i went to during when i was at university i went to a charity shop and i whenever I, I would just have a look through the cd's and there would always be a few now cd's and i would just collect them because i was i used to do lots of 90s um dj sets at university and stuff to yeah. pay to pay my way um <laughs> through university so um i would use them as my just in my record in my record sort of box um and i can't bring myself to throw them away because i don't want well, there's no it'd be su- such a nice thing to keep but i've got them all and they're all sort of they're all in order in a an old sort of a cd sleeve box yeah <laughs> so i've got them yeah fantastic also it's a it's a, an amazing snapshot into pop culture at that time in that year yeah and you and it takes you back to a time when you know people know about the big hits now even if they don't like the big hits necessarily they don't necessarily go to them they they really do sort of sum up a time don't they yeah. if, you, if you just if i just opened up one of these pages and you sort of where am i now 2005 which is now 61 and you look at all those songs on there so actually that was when i was at university so there were big tracks like james blunt you're beautiful and then there was like Kaiser Chiefs are on here, Caesars, Jerk It Out, which yeah. is a huge hit of the year. The Killers are on there, Hard Fight, all of those sorts of bands and everything. And you've got bands like The Magic Numbers. And, and that just takes you back to a moment where you go, oh, yeah. Do you remember when, um, 
when Crazy Frog was a hit, and that was the year. I'd rather not, because it, <laughs> it was on it was on CD two. Yeah, nineteen number well, nineteen on CD two. That's when you that, need. So there's a bit of editorial going on there somewhere by that person compiling. So <laughs> so um, now preceded you. It's now one oh one this week. Yeah. Uh, do you think it can keep going forever? Yeah, because as I say, I think that people love. Uh, we 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 are a very nostalgic nation, and we like uh, we like things to. We, we use things to remember uh, moments in our lives, and now CDs are, I know it sounds quite grand, but now CDs are one of those things that do, does take you back to a time. And also, people like curated playlists. They, people like to be told what the 40 songs they need to hear are. That's why people still listen to chart shows. That's why people still like playlists, and they still like curated content, because people like to be told what to listen to sometimes, because there's a lot of stuff. They like to very, be guided, at yeah, least. Yeah. It's very noisy, everything, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. So actually, when you've got a list, a definitive list of, you know, 40-odd tracks, you go, all right, well, I'll just stick this on, and, and there it is. I think uh, now 101 will be one that I'll, uh, I'll treasure, because it will be all those songs that um, a soundtrack to really... I just feel so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I just, there's nothing else, to, no better way of saying that I just feel very content and very happy, and I love doing that show so much. It's the, it's the most fun thing. Now, there's a guy who got married this year, started a Radio 1 breakfast show this year, so he won't forget it, will he? No, 101 will be that, as he says, the time capsule that will remember his happy, happy times in life when he looks back on that 10, 15, 20 years' time. Picking up on a couple of things that Greg said there, uh, he had that same experience of the CDs in the car being played by a parent. Mm. Oh, yes, nothing like it. It's, it's odd, isn't it? That, it, it, it is that a common be, theme? It does seem to be. It seems to be sort of cross-generational and it's, it's transcended 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, it still seems to be happening. It's, um, it is amazing. And, you know, as we said earlier, that whole thing about the safe haven, if you like, you know, of parents knowing that this is a, a safe place. As Greg says, it's, they've curated all of the best songs of this particular point in time, giving you the family-friendly radio versions on the CD. You can play it in the car, you can play it at your house party, wherever. It works in so many, so many different contexts, really, you know. People don't get rid of these albums. Not everybody keeps them in a little safe place like Lee probably does, Hannah. <laughs> uh, are, you all, are you all still strewn around the car or do you, do you have them on a shelf somewhere? Do you know what? There's a shelf, a kitchen cupboard oh, yeah. where I keep all of my CDs and I tried to clear it out. And do you know what happened? I just ended up playing them for the day and nothing <laughs> happened. And also, I when I move house, I transport all my music magazines, Smash Hits, Q and Select from the 90s. I, and 80s I transport them all from one house to another and just never open them they're just all there yeah. and my CDs are there my CD players locked away but they're there if I want to look at them and touch them yeah. <laughs> Finally before we talk about now Christmas let's uh, talk about this sort of enduring nature of it lots of brands have come and gone MTV was massive in the 1980s so we were led to believe yes. and the numbers of people who actually watched it in this country in America huge but we didn't have so much cable then so I guess it was massive by reputation and less by actual numbers can now really survive the digital age do you know what the difference is with now with those other brands now has never changed you know what you're getting you're getting the quality curated songs whereas smash hits went a bit rubbish at the end it went a bit teen <laughs> it went a bit less funny mtv i worked there for a while in the early 2000s and it was all show-based rather than just showing the videos and showing the hits but with now you're not suddenly going to find there's lots of songs you haven't heard on it and the whole eclectic, uh, Greg was saying about Now 39. I mean, I'm just looking at the track listing. 
This is Hardcore by Pulp and Side 1. And Side 2 is Vanilla's No Way, No Way. I mean, tell me where you would get that anywhere else. It's just not on. That's pretty eclectic, isn't it? Do you have a view on that eclectic nature of it? I mean, there are some records we do not want to hear again, but are we OK with them just because they're on this compilation? Yeah, I think we. I think that does happen sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, there it is on the Now album. I'd forgotten how bad that song actually was. Greg mentioned Crazy Frog, for example. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's, let's, oh, that brings back memories. Though. Well, that's the thing, doesn't it? That these They bring back memories. They, they, they're so key to kind of a particular place and time that you associate with good times or bad times. And, and yeah, it's, that's why they work on so many different levels. So the X Factor won't last as long as now, for example? I don't think so. No. It's got a few years left in its contract. But see, that keeps changing as well. You've got to keep the formula the same. Do you think there's a temptation, though, in the, you know this digital age for people to re-up the brand and do different things with it? And now have obviously resisted that, haven't they? Yes. I've worked with so many places where they have to do something relaunch but if you can just stick with it through through the slightly lower times as well as the higher times if you've got a good brand just leave it as it is okay let's talk about now that's what i call christmas which comes back every year we don't do a new <laughs> yes. voiceover for it every year i can exclusively reveal oh, <laughs> sometimes the old one is just as good uh, let's hear from some of the stars on the record roy wood and wizard were on the first ever now christmas album his christmas classic is on the current version of now that's what i call christmas but the song was recorded at the height of summer well we recorded it in the august yeah so 73 i think wasn't it, it was christmas yeah 73. i wrote it just before that and um, to actually try and get an atmosphere in the studio, I, I got the roadies in there early, and 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 they they put a couple of massive fans up in the studio. Obviously, there's no uh, for the listeners. There's no windows in recording studios. You can't see if it's night or day, really. So, yeah. and they put some blue lights up to to give the effects of it being cold. We left those on for a couple of hours, and then got the band to go in and do the do the backing track. And we were all wearing overcoats and bobble hats and scarves and all that and uh, we went to take a break around about tea time and we went outside and it was it was like going out of the cinema in the middle of the summer you know <laughs> it's dead it's so weird and then uh, when I came to do the mix and everything the control room I put like loads of trimmings and lights up in the tree and mm. everything and blooms it was absolutely great Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> so he obviously really did need to get in the Christmas spirit, which yeah. maybe you would have to in, in August. I love it. I, I didn't know that story. Yeah, there's a great story as well with Noddy Holder from Slade. They recorded it in New York in August and it was 90 degrees. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Literally, you think of as one of the great Christmas records. Yeah. I think Roy did the same year, the same year that came out. What do you think it is, Hannah, that makes these Christmas songs so enduring? I mean, some of them are very cheesy. <laughs> oh, but it's the memories. Like, I can't wait for Christmas to start. I started on my Christmas playlist yesterday. I do a new one every year to keep up to date. But Wizard, that came out, I think, my first Christmas that I was uh, born. And that's been with me all my life. But mm. I love it. And I love it. The first few bars of Mariah, it just brings back those memories and I get all sentimental about it. I mean, even... Uh, the Darkness Christmas song. Oh, I, I do that like is, that song, yeah. That is one of my favourites. It reminds <laughs> me of a really specific time when it was snowing. And, yeah, it's the whole memory of it. The funny thing about uh, those kind of sort of memories and stuff is now you have, if anybody kind of under 35 doesn't know a time that Band-Aid yes. wasn't around. You know, we oh. know the kind of story behind it and oh, why, it yeah. was, why it was made in the first place. But a lot of people now put that just part of their sort of Christmas collection and think of it in the same way as Bing Crosby or whatever. It's just a classic yeah. Christmas song, really. Well, it was another track that appeared on the first ever Now Christmas album and it's obviously a big favourite to this day. So Bob Geldof, Midjure, the songwriters involved in the project, hastily put together in 1984 to help Ethiopian famine relief Let's hear from Midjure. The first decision that Bob and I made when we talked about making a record uh, was, was that it had to be a Christmas record, simply because it was a financial thing. You know, if you have a Christmas number one, a record uh, in the charts at that time, a number one record, the charts freeze over the Christmas and New Year period. So instead of the record just getting to number one for a week and then dropping, it gets to number one. And if you're lucky enough to get there in time for Christmas, it stays there. So you can sell three, four times as many records uh, with a number one record then that you could any other time of the year. So it was a very blatant, specific thing we had to do. And, and of course, when we realised that, uh, you know, you couldn't just do a cover version of a Christmas classic because 50% of the money's earned from a record go to the writers. Uh, so Bob and I had to write something. Um, you know, I, I would often wrote my little kind of jingly bells, but the da 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 that thing. And then Bob came in with these really hideous dark lyrics. And, and I had to try and turn this into a, a kind of jingly, happy, sing-along song. But opening the track with the clanging chimes of doom, uh, which is a really tall order, but it was very much a, a, a strong, positive decision. It had to be a Christmas record, mainly for the Christmas number one. I think that's really insightful because we know a lot about that record, but we didn't know the, the specific focus they had to make sure it could make as much money as possible for the charity. I had no idea. I know it was hastily put together, but it actually didn't occur to me that it had to be an original song. Me neither. I, I hadn't thought that, yeah, of course, if somebody else has written it, then you're going to take away 50% of the songwriting royalty. So, yeah. brilliant. And it had this dual purpose of raising uh, literally bucket loads of cash, but it also kept the massive 
tragedy of the famine in of Ethiopia in the public consciousness, not just for weeks around Christmas, but for years and years. Mm. Yes, but I felt as well, if you watch the video from the time, I felt like the people were there because they really wanted to be. And you could see, like, Paul Weller looked really bored. Marilyn's in the thick of it. It's, <laughs> it's just a snapshot of all the big stars of that time. And their personalities really come through. As and well. have you noticed none of them have been styled? No, none they just them, turned banana they literally, just turn up. They literally just turned up in cabs yeah. and, and kind of, you know, George Michael's hair's all over the place. And yes. boy, George, I think, just came in on Concord or something and did it in half an hour and it's, you know, with a cup of tea in his yeah. hand. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's such a loose kind of sort of recording, but it's yeah. so iconic now. Yeah. It's, is it the quality of the song and the kind of urgency of the occasion that made it so effective? What is it? I, I think it's yeah. two things. Yeah, I think it's the combination of the artists that are on it you know you've mm. got George Michael on there you've got Boy George you've got yeah. Phil Collins these were 80s the pop big Bono line yeah 80s pop royalty who still people know and respect to this day mm. really uh, whereas when you're talking about version 2 that Stock Aiken and Waterman did in 89 yes. it's, it's 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 a little bit more low rent really isn't it well <laughs> yes yeah we don't hear that very often no. I wonder why <laughs> now there must be many more artists who try to get into this Christmas hits club even just to get on the now Christmas compilation than actually make it. Do you think lots of artists have a bash and, and then don't dare to put it out? I think particularly in America they're forced to, aren't they? The boy bands, I remember NSYNC had to do the Christmas album. Mm-hmm. The Destiny's Child Christmas album is full yeah. of bangers apart from the ballads. Yeah. Holiday album. Yes, obviously, yes, yes, sorry, holiday, holiday, album. holiday album. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bieber's yeah. holiday album, yeah. all good. Didn't Bieber do a version of... Um, Mariah Carey's All oh, Up for yes. Christmas with Blast Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah that doesn't ago. need tinkering no, with No, you should never think. touch that song. No. <laughs> There's a recurring theme uh, recorded and written in the summer. Mm-hmm. You can't really do it in November, can you? Unless, no. it's, unless it's like Band-Aid or something, you know, fast turnaround. Maybe all the greatest Christmas songs were, were... written at the height of a heat wave yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, the thing you forget, of course, is that half the world, it is a heat wave at Christmas, you know? Yeah. You go to Australia and actually Christmas is 30, 30 odd degrees and they're on the beach at Bondi. Um, so yeah, it's it's the whole thing about Christmas songs in this country, and particularly in America that you mentioned, Hannah, yeah. is is yeah, it's that whole kind of you do think oh cold chills, mm. and you know you take a classic like White Christmas, Bing Crosby, Irving Berlin that wrote it, he was he was reminiscing about his time back when he was growing up, you know, with his Jewish family, so he was thinking about those times, and now he's in Hollywood and it's. 35 degrees or whatever it is I wish it could be White Christmas like it was the ones I used to know when I was a kid I mean that's what the song's all about We better hang on to that thought of a White Christmas because as the planet warms up we might not see quite so many of them uh, There's a gloomy thought for us all it is. 17 won't need those puffer jackets anymore with global warming <laughs> That infamous video Also I love those songs that aren't Christmas songs but become Christmas songs like mm. Stay Another Day and the Spice Girls Two Become One yeah. I think they're the greatest Christmas hits of all And you know another example of that which actually appeared on the very first now Christmas album everyone now thinks of as a Christmas oh, song. Oh, are you going to say Fry Heights? No, I'm going to say Stop the Cavalry. Yes. Because oh, I just think it's a Christmas song. You think of that as a Christmas song. song, but I know that when they were compiling that first original now Christmas album, people at now, when the track listing came through, they went, what's that doing on there? And oh. they actually had to fight to get Stop the Cavalry on as a Christmas track on this album. Um, but now, of course, you think of it, well, wish I was at home for Christmas. You instantly think of that song and it conjures up Christmas memories. It's, it's fascinating when you actually look at the track listing from that first Now Christmas album, which came out, as you mentioned before, Mark, in uh, 85, just how many of them still 
we play now. Band-Aid, do they know it's Christmas? Is track one. Roy Wood and Wizard is track two. Slade is track three. Wham! Last Christmas. Uh, Elton John, Step Into Christmas. Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. Uh, Greg Legg, I believe in Father Christmas. Oh, Jonah Louis, oh, Stop yes. the Cavalry. White Christmas, Bing Crosby. They were all on that first Now Christmas album, what, 33 years ago? And they're still on the one that's out this Christmas. It's incredible. <laughs> Let's grab another famous voice here. 80s legend Howard Jones, who of course knows a thing or two about songwriting, on what his favourite Christmas song is and what makes it so good. It's Happy Christmas, War Is Over, John Lennon and, and Yoko, you know, um, because, because, you know, of the, the, the chorus, Happy Christmas, War Is Over. And also it's reminding us, like, you know, so what have we done this year? And what are we going to do next year? You know, it's like it's throwing out a challenge as well to do something great um, for the future and and um, and remember the good things that we've done in the past. It's something embedded in the song that's got a message that connects with people through the through the generations. And I think if if you can do that, if you can write songs that do that, that's really leaving a great legacy. You know, um, I'm always trying to do that. I'm always trying to write a song that um, is going to be not relevant to its own time, but in you know when people pick it up. 20, 30 years later, it's still going to be um, relevant. Howard Jones, and before we wrap up, a little more from Greg James. What is it about Christmas songs that, you know, even though some of them are so cheesy, we, <laughs> so how do they pass the cheese test? Every we were day? having this exact same discussion the other night, and I put it down to, and actually came up with a bit of an answer. Well, it's first, it's two parts. First of all, as I said, we love nostalgia as a nation. We love that feeling of... Um, uh, we like to go back and relive things so we don't mind hearing the same songs over and over again if this is a strange concept but if christmas happened more often we would be we would remember how awful some of those songs really are yeah. so if we did christmas every couple of weeks we'd go well we've evolved we and we would evolve it quicker yeah. but because we do it every year and christmas is every year and we hear those songs once every year we kind of forget. It's a bit like a car crash, a trauma. Yeah. You don't remember the car crash, the details, but you remember you had you one. Remember the good bits. Yeah, you kind yeah. of, you like, oh, wasn't. I had a car crash. But you don't remember exactly what happened. So you kind of forget. The human brain, I think, forgets and you go, oh, it's nice, isn't it? It's cosy Christmas. They put the rubbish songs on. It's kind of fun. I think that's what it is. And on that note, what is the rubbish <laughs> Christmas song that you really, uh, not so secretly, secretly quite like? I love Christmas songs. I think I'm I'm one of the, I, I, I'm, I would never be snobby about a Christmas song. I, I love uh, I love Paul McCartney. Wonderful, I love Wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. time. I think I love that song so much. It's just it's that the opening of that song just it makes it's got memories associated with it. It's just got really lovely Christmassy memories associated with it. So that's I'd say up there in my in my top five. I'd also put Jonah Louie up there as well. Yeah. So we might hear both of those on Radio One Breakfast, breakfast before Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a there's um. Uh, there's as I said no snobbery in playing those because they are part of the national. <laughs> the psyche, yeah. I think. He's sharing the same thoughts, isn't he, really? He really is. And and it's, you know, something that Hannah and I were both talking about too. The fact that, yes, it, Christmas, you know, I, I can't wait to hear the Pogues and Kirsty McCall I'm ready. Again. I'm ready yeah. a month before. I can't wait to hear Wham! Last Christmas because now it's taken on an extra kind of poignancy in the last couple of years. Um, these are brilliantly constructed pop songs that work the fact that they work every single year and have worked every single year for 20, 30 years in some cases. Christmas music is really important for retail. That's why they start playing it in November. There are now radio stations that start in November. Mm. Particularly yes. in America, they flip format, but there are stations that come on in Britain every November. It seems to be that we have like an insatiable appetite for it. 
That's true. I once overdosed on Christmas songs. The, <laughs> Can uh, you overdose on them? <laughs> well, the year that I, my Saturday job in Miss Selfridge, it, it started really early and I had to listen to them all day long on a slightly slowed down loop. And that was the year that really got me. But since then, I've made a full recovery and I'm good till 8pm 8, 8 on Christmas Day. Thank you to Hannah Verdier. Thank you. And Lee Thompson. Pleasure. And thanks again to Greg James, Midjure, Roy Wood and Howard Jones for their contributions to this podcast. You've been listening to Now That's What I Call a Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.